Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny. And we are a, a couple, couple of park hoppers. 2020 is almost over, and what a year it has been. In a year full of ups and downs and a large amount of negative, we're going to be focusing on the positives we took away from this crazy year as we look forward to a 2021 full of theme park fun. Let's, Let's hop, hop to it. it. We can be sure of one thing. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow's just a dream away. I am really hoping for a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. You surprise me with this open. <laughs> and when it becomes a reality, in two more days it will be 2021. <laughs> well, you're right. And I really, really do hope for a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Sure hope so. This 2020 has been something. Well, here's the thing. I know that once the clock ticks over to 2021, I know it's not like all of 2020 is going to disappear. Well, no. But boy, does it feel symbolic. Yes, it sure does. It, it feels... Just mentally, it's going to be good to not be in 2020 anymore. Right. I feel like halfway through 2020, it already had felt like it should have already been over. Yes. So I am just... I am ready to say goodbye to 2020 respectfully <laughs> welcome to the future i certainly hope so <laughs> well let's, Can't wait. let's talk about okay so here's the thing there are a lot of things that have happened in 2020 that we have heard about yes to no end yes and we're over it am uh, i right the uh, virus that shall not be named <laughs> the voldy virus voldy, voldy 19 voldy 19 <laughs> well Yes, so there's a lot that's been happening. So we're actually going to talk about the positives today. Yes, we are. Because the problem is that not enough people are talking about the positives. Um, so we're going to first off start with the greatest ride at Disney World right now. Yeah, so before we dive in real quick, we, we're going to cover the positives that we took from 2020, the things that in theme park related that came from 2020 that we remember most and we remember most fondly. And uh, in, in next week's episode, we're actually going to focus on what we're looking forward to in 2021. But in our final episode here of 2020, thank God, we're going to be starting to go down this list here of things that we remember fondly of the positives from 2020. Yes. And as I was saying, we are going to start with the best ride at Disney World. I don't care what you say. This is the best ride at Disney World right now. And that is going to be, we got Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway out of 2020. We sure did. And if you have never been on this ride, you are 100% missing out. Um, this needs to be the first ride that you get yourself on the next time you visit. Now, one thing that I think is awesome is we did have Rise of the Resistance in 2019. Um, and so that would have made the list, obviously, if um, it had happened in 2020. But... You know, between that and Runaway Railway, the technology that we are seeing come out of the Disney parks is unmatched right now. In the last 18 months alone, we've seen Rise of the Resistance. We've seen Smugglers Run. We've seen Mickey and Minnie's Runaway, Ra Runaway Railway. Wow, I cannot say that. <laughs> uh, we've seen our next uh, thing that we're going to discuss in just a moment. 
all these things with this incredible technology and, and I'm so excited for the future of theme park attractions and rides. It's I can't even describe how excited I am. And we try to go on that ride every time we get a chance. Multiple so, times if we can. Yeah, I think when my family was here, we went on it like three or four times in one day. Yes. Just because they were like, well, do we want to go on this ride? And my mom was like, how about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway again? And I was okay. like, okay. Ford, okay. You got it. Sounds good. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> All right. So I love that ride. Uh, it's a must ride. And it's the rewritability of it is amazing. Can't say enough good things about it. So... Here's the funny part. One thing I do want to mention is that Runaway Railway was open before the world turned upside it down. It was just before the world turned upside uh, down. That's another positive from uh, 2020. We got to see Hamilton for the first time. Yeah, we didn't even. I totally forgot about that. We, yeah, well, this is theme park related, but yeah. that just popped into my head because yes. of that song. Because everything I relate to Hamilton now. Every time I hear something, oh, wait yeah. for it, wait for it. I'm <laughs> waiting in line in a ride. Wait for it, wait for it. You know. Yeah, I was training a dog and I was like, wait for it. And in my head, I was like, I am the one thing in life I can't control. But I was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, that's, isn't that so crazy that it came out before the world turned upside down? 11 days before the world turned upside <laughs> down. 11 days. It came out, uh, the, the ride opened on March 4th, 2020, and the parks closed on March 15th, 2020. Crazy. Wild. That, I, I, I. Thinking back on that, it's insane. But I'm so glad that we have gotten to experience it before and after the reopening. Absolutely. Now, speaking of reopening, um, we got recently got to see a particular stuntacular from Universal Studios. Yeah. So after Universal reopened, we uh, we were still on track to get the brand new Born Stuntacular, and it finally opened in the fall. And boy, was it worth waiting for. Here's the thing. This was harder to get to see than anything else. Because every time, I think we went maybe two or three times and we were like, hi, can we see the show? And they were like, no. Well, because it was soft opening at first. Go away. So they didn't have the, you know, the shows every two hours or whatever the schedule is now. No stuntacular for you. There was no schedule at all. So yes. it was, you basically had to go up to the to the front of the line and see when the next show was. And then you kind of had to wait there, which... You know, if you have a if you bought a ticket to Universal for one day, you don't want to sit around for three hours waiting for a show to start, or that may may or may not even happen. Right, but there so, were days that we literally went there where we were we were like, we want to see this show, and they were like, yeah, last show of the day was five ago. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right. You just missed it. <laughs> exactly. But now it's open full time. They do shows every hour and a half, two so hours. So you can go see it. And boy, you should go see it. Yes. Because the technology that they use, and if you guys aren't familiar with what they use, they have a giant LED screen. And w one thing I would recommend on Disney Plus is to go watch the, uh, the making of The Mandalorian. Basically, The Mandalorian, the majority of it is shot in front of what they call uh, I can't remember the name. The volume, I think it's called, mm -hmm. and it's a giant LED screen that's so high definition that you think it's like a, a like real. a real background. Yeah, and the majority of the Mandalorian is actually shot on like a physical set with this volume in the background, and they use a screen that's very similar to that for the Born Stuntacular. However, in the Born Stuntacular, they also use a lot of uh, physical set pieces that actually move wirelessly across the stage while the show is going on and then the people on the screen on the volume in the background of the born stuntacular seamlessly blend in with the real live action actors right. and it's just it blows your mind 
sitting in that theater watching that show, it's like, holy crap, I feel like I'm really in this this battle scene or I feel like I'm really in the air above the city here. Right. Like it was it was really, really cool and it's next level. Like you put the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular up against the Bourne stuntacular, it's like the original 1985 Macintosh versus a 2020 <laughs> Apple Airbook. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's, that would be a amazing. good comparison. I will say the one thing that I do want to do for the Bourne stuntacular is I would like to see it all the way through without stopping because yes. the one time I did see yes. it, um, they I mean obviously it had just opened and so they were having some you know hiccups. some hiccups, and we got through like the first three minutes and then it was like shut down and they did a great job of coming out and talking to us about what was going on and yeah, stuff that tech director was excellent oh they were so great i think his name was kevin i think you're so, right um kevin was excellent and but i would like to see it all the way through because just like listening to a song you know without it's that, pause without yeah. pause it's so much better when you get to you know listen to it all the way through so i do look forward to seeing that again the other thing i honestly want to do is I want to see the movies. Yes, <laughs> I've never I've seen never one seen of the, the Bourne movies. movies. And I like Matt Damon. I've just never seen the Bourne movies. Well, they are not recent, right? No, I think the first one was in like 2000 or 2001. Okay. And then I know it was we like every four them. or five years after that, I think. Yeah, we saved them on like... Um, I think it was Amazon Prime. Yeah, we, Amazon we, Prime. We saved them on. Yeah, so... We're, we'll get by to, We'll get to around to watching them eventually, but you know, it, it, it's definitely something you want to see so you can kind of relate to the show a little bit better in the, in the background story. Yeah, and... You know, honestly, that's something we might have done today, but Universal hit capacity at 8.30 oh this gosh. morning. Christmas week has been crazy down here in Orlando. It feels like that uh, people came are coming like between, you know, Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. Yes. So this seems to be a particularly busy time, but 8.30, like, that's... How? How? I don't know. How do they hit their 50% capacity at 8.30 in the morning? I don't know. That's cr you Imagine what the line of cars was like outside. Gross. Like, probably <laughs> all the way on to I-4. I'd need more coffee for that. <laughs> yeah, for real. But, yes, we will, as soon as, uh, you know, the crowds die down a little bit and we can get in and not get turned away at 8.30 in the morning, then we will definitely be hitting that show again. Absolutely. Now, speaking of amazing technology, there's one thing that we've seen from 2020 that... I think has made the park experience a little bit better and it's been the seamless conversion to online. So in, in parks and in the stores, you can actually go on to the My Disney Experience app and you can mobile order food. You're sub any quick service restaurant, you're mobile ordering these days anyway. Right. Like they don't allow people in to order food. I think unless you probably don't have a smartphone, I think they'd make an exception for you. But anyone who, who has the ability to have the My Disney Experience app is supposed to mobile order now before you get a seat in the restaurant, Correct. which is great. It helps limit the capacity inside. It helps you, you know, helps them kind of figure out how many tables they need, how many tables they need to block off, and it's it's just really easy to just go on the app, pick out what you want, and pay for it rather than wait in that line and and go up there and swipe your card and then wait by the window. It's it's really nice to to be able to do that kind of on your own time. And you can even do it while you're walking to an attraction. Well, and then places like Disney and SeaWorld have both done a fantastic job of implementing a reservation system. Yes. So you can know that you can go into Disney or SeaWorld um, before you get there. Right. So I know that Universal 
um, hasn't implemented that. Once they reach capacity, they let people in as is. But they are putting like, hey, we don't intend on opening again today. So the problem, real quick, the problem with the universal capacity system is that it the all the people who are staying on universal hotel property right. are counted in that capacity already. Oh, I see. So I see. they're allowed in regardless. But because that number is so high with the, all the hotels are back open, or at least most of them at least, uh, with with all those people staying there, that takes away a huge chunk of the uh, the capacity number for you know regular ticket holders or annual pass holders. So that's, I think, a huge reason why the uh, there's a lot of people down here staying in Orlando, and that's the huge reason why that Universal hit capacity at 8.30 this morning is because a large chunk of those are hotel guests. Sure. And I know that they have a lot going on for New Year's. Yes, they um, do. So they're like some of the only people who are doing anything New Year's. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. But the thing is, you know, being able to make that reservation, be like, okay, that's what I'm doing today, right. is awesome. And in you know 2021, which is coming up soon, it's going to be great to be able to be like, hey, I can get in. My plans are solid. I won't have to change plans when I get there. Yeah. Um, but even if you do have plans, um, or you would like to. I think the born stuntacular is going oh on outside God. our window. <laughs> Did you <laughs> sound like a helicopter was right above was, our house. I thought that was you. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. I no, we moved on from the born stuntacular segment. I paused. I was <laughs> like, wait, what is that sound? I like to add music and sound effects, but not in the <laughs> one segments that don't make sense. It's one of those, uh, you know, $15 helicopter rides that are, I think our, the one you're around our area is like $25. Yeah, but no, thank you. But um, last thing I was going to say was even if you do, they do reach capacity, the beauty of the uh, technology is that you can go on Twitter and be like, hey, they reach capacity. I'm going to do something else. So there are many, many ways for you to know what you're doing to make plans, to not be surprised by things. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the conversion to online. Absolutely. Now, speaking on the word capacity, that was part of our next topic where, you know, in 100% capacity, Disney and 100% capacity Universal and 100% capacity SeaWorld, you know, in the past, it's almost shoulder to shoulder people. And that's crazy to think about. When you look at those photos, it just like makes my skin crawl, honestly. Absolutely. But that's because of what we're going through. Like normally I'd still be like, "Eh," but right now I'm like, oh my gosh, being surrounded by that many people would give me a panic attack. But even prior to COVID, you know, you see the pictures of Magic Kingdom from Christmas Day and there's people just like touching each other on the Tomorrowland Bridge or or in Fantasyland over by... No touchy. Yeah, exactly. Over by uh, Peter Pan's Flight and Small World, like in that little neck area. Um, it's just crazy to think about that that's what 100% capacity looks like. And what 2020 has thankfully brought us is a slow increase of capacity, but they started really low. And they're still... Uh, Disney is saying there's, there's still only about 40% capacity and Universal's at 50. But... It's so nice to have capacity limitations because the parks during the day and at night are so much more enjoyable when you can actually do a lot of things. Yeah. And that you're not like, you know, especially during a pandemic that you feel safe and that you do have space. Right. Um, I love the capacity limits personally. I feel like I wish that the parks were always like this. I know that's probably not a realistic wish. Yeah. For the prices that they charge, you should be able to get most, if not everything done in one day. Yeah. And this goes for all theme parks. Correct. I'm not just talking about Disney. I'm talking oh, yeah, about no, everybody. any theme park. Um, 
And not only that, um, I will always think back to when we started going back to Disney during the summer. And I feel like they were probably at like, what, 5% capacity, maybe 10. I think it was like 15, maybe. No, I mean, who was actually going? Oh, actually going? going? Oh, yeah, no. There was points where we would walk into Magic Kingdom and there would be not a single person in the hub. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. It was what a time to be alive. <laughs> Man, that f- those first couple of weeks was it was it was interesting, but it was awesome at the same time. It was yeah. The crazy part was it was a little like okay, like we're out, like we're out with people, like everything seems cool. Yep. And then you'd be like, oh my gosh, this is like I feel like I broke into Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world happened? You got invited to like a special after hours event or something. Unlike any other. Yeah. But I I really am grateful for the capacity limitations because they have made it possible all theme parks have made it possible for us to visit and still feel safe absolutely and now we know like danny said it's not going to last forever we know we're going to see the 100 percent capacities again we know christmas day is going to be wall-to-wall people at some point in the future we don't know when hopefully <laughs> i don't want to say it but hopefully sooner rather than later sure. because you know we'll be past this whole covid19 thing or Voldivirus, I guess we called it earlier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but we uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, we're back to what's what we used to consider normal, and uh, we can move past this as as a country. But uh, for now, as long as this thing still exists and the vaccinations aren't countrywide yet, uh, this having the capacity limitations is fantastic, and I hope they don't increase too sharply. Uh, to the point where people feel uncomfortable going to the parks. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, speaking of going to the parks, one of the things that we were really bummed about, but it was super obvious why they weren't doing it, was they they stopped parades and things like the nighttime spectaculars. Right. And that's so, you know, people didn't just gather and stand close together. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we got to experience in 2020, and I'm sure we're going to see it spill into 2021, is character cavalcades. Yes. And these were so amazing. And they've done such a great job of going from regular cavalcades to Halloween cavalcades to Christmas cavalcades. And if you guys are listening and you're like, hang on, I don't remember what a cavalcade is. It's basically just a mini parade that has no set time. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So basically when one cavalcade starts, another or stops, another one will start. And so it could be any kind of character um and you know you're not going to know when it's coming you'll just hear the music starting and then you get to see your favorite characters and then continue on with your day and it's not 100 percent foolproof you know there for the couple of minutes that the cavalcade has to go by you you know people do gather i mean it is what it is but you're not spending a crazy amount of time waiting for a specific time parade you know when festival fantasy used to run at magic kingdom it was at three o'clock but you'd have people sitting on Main Street USA at one thirty, waiting right. for, for a time for the parade to start. And so people would start gathering and be really close to each other for at least an hour. I miss Festival of Fantasy. So do I. And I, and I hope that maybe uh, after Christmas we start moving into different types of cavalcades and maybe we see more of that kind of stuff too. I want to see Move It, Shake It, Mouse, Dance It cavalcade. Yes. I don't care what it's actually called. It's the Move It, Shake It, Mouse, Dance It cavalcade. <laughs> because I would like to dance down Main Street USA to that cavalcade again. Yes, that would be cool. <laughs> but I love the cavalcades. Um, again, they're at every Disney park. And so... That's the best part. Yeah. Is because 
as somebody who never ever wanted to wait in line to meet characters, the fact that I can go down Main Street now and just see a bunch of characters coming by me at any time. I still like meeting characters. Is amazing. Yeah. But to what I was saying before and what Danny said, they're at all four parks, which usually you'd only get the parades uh, at Magic Kingdom. And so now you're getting them at Hollywood Studios. You're getting ones on the water at Animal Kingdom. You're getting them throughout World Showcase at Epcot. Like the characters are out and about everywhere, and it's so great to see. Yeah, at places you normally didn't get to see characters. So it's actually, you know, a huge plus. I think it's better. So um, I I hope that they do get the parades back. Um, you know, when Disneyland opens, I really hope to see uh, Magic Happens come back. Yeah. That parade. I would love to go out there deserved, just to see that. Deserved all the hype that it got. Man, it, it, that's another thing, too, that, you know, it, it started and it, and, it, and it was amazing right away. And then it was shut down. And it's really sad. And if you want to go see what we're talking about, if you don't know what we're talking about, search Magic Happens on YouTube. Uh, Disney Parks put out a, an amazing professionally shot video of the parade, trimmed down a little bit. But definitely go watch that because the characters and the music are phenomenal. Absolutely. So I'm definitely excited to see you know where the character interactions and cavalcades go to in 2021, but I'm so grateful that those got introduced in 2020. Absolutely. Now, uh, one thing that I wanted to add to our list today is something I've been kind of complaining about for years. Oh, where you know it's Fast Pass was a wonderful thing if you had one. Sure. Fast Pass was a terrible thing if you did not. Right. So the biggest problem with FastPass, and I've heard from cast members who worked attractions, that it was roughly a 10 to 1 ratio of people who would get through the line. 10 FastPass versus 1 standby. Right. Which is crazy to me, because the FastPasses were fairly limited, especially for the bigger attractions or the more popular attractions, you know, like the, the Flight of Passages or the Seven Dwarfs Mine Trains, the ones that are super popular FastPasses. Right. Um, but now, since the parks reopened in July, there has not been fast passes. The only way to get through the fast pass line is if you have a DAS pass or you are part of Club 33. Which, and, which we are we not. Are not <laughs> because it's way too expensive. If I'm going to ever eat at Club 33, it's going to be me taking my Dole Whip and sitting outside of the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that beam floating around. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so having no fast pass and just a standby line has been great because the standby line literally just does not stop moving. Really, the only time right now that the standby line stops moving is when they shut down the ride for the cast members to clean the vehicles. Right, or if there's any like issues, but those yeah. have been few and far between. Right, exactly. You know, the shutdowns of rides, it happens, they're technology. Right. It is what it is. But for the most part, 90% of the day, the line is just constantly moving, <laughs> And, you know, the, the, the wait times seem daunting, but they're also exaggerated because of social distancing. And they're, uh, you're getting on the attraction in pr roughly 70 to 80% of the time. Well, you say the wait times seem daunting, but one of the other things is when you walk by a ride and, like, Haunted Mansion is reaching all the way to Country Bear Jamboree, yeah, you're right. like, oh, no, oh, I don't dear. want to stay in this wait, 30 minute. There's no way this is a 30 minute wait. And then you get in the line. And then it's a third. Like, usually I think we waited with my family and it was exactly 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's usually right at the time or less. Right. So 
I just the lines are might be scarier than actually like the wait time listed. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, the getting to wait for rides in 2020 after the reopening of the parks has been such a different experience. Well, look at this. Just I'll use flight of passage as an example again. In pre-COVID, if you didn't have a fast pass in the morning, flight of passage would be about 180 to 220 minute wait. Well, every it's because everybody ran to flight of passage sure. at rope drop. Right. But now, if you go to flight of passage with no fast pass, the worst wait I've seen recently was 60 minutes. Right. And it's usually around 30 to 40, maybe even less. But the worst that I've seen recently was 60 minutes. Right. And that's amazing because that you literally cut the line more than in half. You cut it by two-thirds by eliminating fast pass because all those fast passes get let through first while the standby line just stands stagnant in the queue. And so it, it for me, you know, the the rides like Flight of Passage and Slinky Dog Dash and you know, today is really busy. It's Christmas week. Danny just showed me it's 80 minutes. But even that doesn't compare to the 200 minutes or 220 minutes. That would be considered a low wait before all oh this god happened. you would run to flight of passage if you saw an 80 minute an wait. 80 minute wait anything under 90 minutes would have been unheard of right. before all of this exactly so the the no fast pass thing to me is good do i think it'll come back in some form yes i do um i hope it doesn't personally because if we're, if the parks are running at 40 50 capacity and most of the rides in walt disney world are under an hour sign me up I'm in. I will say that a little birdie has told me that we can't expect that to come back. I'm sure it probably will. I don't know if it'll come back in the same iteration that it once was. But we will be the first to talk to you guys about For it, sure. to try it out, to let you know our experience. So if those things do come back, you know, you can get all that information and our experience right here. But I mean, I was very grateful to be able to experience waiting on lines the way we did in 2020. Oh, gosh. Yes. Now, one other thing that I was grateful for, but my wallet was not very grateful oh, gosh. for, yep. was the never before seen shopping discounts from yes. Disney. Now, um, we had 30% off for pass holders. Um, we had up to 70% off. What yes. was that for? So when you saw, when you had. Uh, times of the year that would pass like they had a whole summer collection oh yes 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 they had like the the like the pride i think went on yeah there was sale. a pride sale there was the fourth uh, of july stuff the fourth of july Americana. stuff <laughs> the summer stuff now the christmas stuff uh, all of that stuff when it's on the shelves and they're, they're kind of just looking to get rid of it stuff has been going up to almost 70 80 percent off which is crazy right and then like i said 30 percent for pass holders um i know that they went to 50 percent for cast members yeah, absolutely which they deserve it they should that, that should be the discount year round yeah i totally agree with that um but i i have to say that <laughs> between those discounts that my spirit jersey collection grew. <laughs> Your ear collection My grew. ear collection, which, I mean, you guys will get to see at some point. And I started a really bad thing by getting her first lounge fly. I ha I only have two. <laughs> two is... For now. Yeah. Two's a start. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Yes. Yes, you do. It's your fault. You did this to I me. Did. I did get you that epic Steamboat Willie one. Oh, my gosh. Bill got me a Steamboat Willie um, lounge fly bag for, was it for? From Box my, Lunch. Was it for my? It was for your birthday. For my birthday. 
and I couldn't remember if it was birthday or anniversary. That's nope. right. Anniversary was uh, my first set of, uh, what do you call it? The uh, shoes? Oh, the, yeah, the Disney Crocs. The Disney Crocs. Yes. Um, and I literally get stopped everywhere I go, and people go, oh, my God, where did you get that bag? It's so amazing. And I'm like, and then I just point to him, and I'm like, he got it from Box Lunch. And then now it's back order till June. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But, uh, yes, so I will say that I definitely go have, I'm able to have, like, a full Disney get-up, ears, uh, spirit jersey, lounge fly, T-shirts. leggings, Crocs, uh sunglasses like i am just covered in disney yes thanks to these discounts and so um so this is a good thing question mark i think it's a great thing <laughs> i think it's a great you know, there's thing there's not too. a lot of stuff that i usually buy for myself in the parks but you know with these with the 30 percent off pass holder discounts and then you, the uh the other store discounts like we were just talking about the christmas stuff the the pride stuff all that those are stackable so you can get the 70 percent off and then your 30 percent off with your, and that doesn't equal 100, just 70 plus 30. That's not what that is. Right. You don't get it for free. You get 70, <laughs> 70% off, and then you're 30% off on top of that total. I wonder how many people they had to deal with being like, Oh, God. People hey, who can't math. I would like this for free. Yeah. Right. Please. Uh, but yeah, that's made me buy a lot more things that I wouldn't normally buy, you know, t shirts, hats, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's nice to have, you know, these overpriced souvenirs, you know, be more like really affordable souvenirs every once in a while. Yes, I totally agree with that. So that's uh, that's been a really, really nice touch from 2020 and a positive that we wanted to take away. Well, another nice touch has been when you're carrying all of your merchandise out of the park and your bags are full, you got, you're carrying lots of stuff. They have actually done a fantastic job of um, taking that, what used to be overcrowded transportation mm-hmm. And which, you know, we may see return in the future. I'm oh, we'll sure we definitely will see that return, um, but making it so that you have your own space to, you know, be safe. Uh, so like, you know, you get you can get your own Skyliner, you get your own monorail car, uh, like the one side of it. So it's one family per side. Um, the buses, they've been doing a great job of separating people. So all of that stuff that you bought with your discount, you have space to hold on to where before your bag might be sitting in somebody else's lap. Now, while it's wonderful that the overcrowding transportation has kind of died down a little bit, the best part to me is that you're guaranteed to sit down. Yes. There's there's no better feeling than, you know, leaving a full day at the Magic Kingdom and then having to get on a Disney bus and hold on and stand. Like, there was no... It was so painful on your feet after those long days. All you wanted to do was sit. And though everybody was sitting around you and you were crowded in the bus and you could not wait to get off that bus. And now the buses are socially distant and they're part they're blocking off with with uh, plexiglass partitions. There are two parties of two or four, however many people are in your party. That's how you got to figure out how to sit. But you do get a seat and your parties get their own Skyliner vehicle and your parties get their own side of the monorail. And it's just it's so nice to be able to go to the Disney parks, especially for a full day and just be able to sit on the transportation. It's funny that you just said that. I totally agree with you. But anytime I was on a bus and I had to stand and hold on to something above my head, I would literally be holding on to the very bottom of the like the the, the thing, little rope thing, the little rope thing, because I'm not tall enough to grab onto it, <laughs> and I would just be swinging around so it. Little. I'm only five feet tall, 
And literally, I would just be like, I'm going to end up in somebody's lap. And I know that in the past, there have been times where the bus has taken like a sharp turn and I've basically fallen into somebody's like conversation. I'm like, oh, hello. I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. What were we talking about again? I'm I'm not adult size enough to reach (laughs) to reach the safety bars. So. But uh, so I'm very glad for this. I know it'll return and I'm sure that I'll land into other people's conversations in the future. But for right now, being able to have that space to feel safe and, you know, healthy and social distance, I was very, very grateful for. And so piggybacking on that last subject that we had on our list there and, you know, touching on the uh, the socially distancing of of uh, park transportation and the buses and all that. 2020 has given us something that we've never had at the parks before. Any of the parks, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, nothing. And that's over the top health measurements and cleanliness. Which, I mean, looking back, I wish that some of these things had been going on the whole time. Remember the Disney flu? Yes. That was a thing. You, it, it was very likely, not everybody did it. And I've gone to Disney World several times and didn't get sick, but there was tons of times that I went to Walt Disney World and came home with a cold. Yeah. There's so many people from all around the world in the same place at once. Touching, touching so touching many the surfaces. Touching same things, exactly. And definitely were not as aware of it as they are now. And also, families would be like, you waited a whole year to go to Disney, your kid has a cold. <laughs> we're still going. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deal with it. <laughs> so it's it's so crazy to think like how life was before the constant hand washing and the constant hand sanitizer usage and the constant um, using of the hand sanitizers at the at the attractions and at the restaurants in the parks like it's crazy to think that we would ever even consider going away from that right and so 2020 hopefully one of the the biggest positives if not the biggest positive that 2020 has given us at the theme parks is the uh, the ability to sanitize and the uh, the constant wiping down of high touch surfaces by cast members and yes I know it's a pain for them sometimes but it's got to be done and it's really nice to see that all the theme parks are still you know really doing that heavy upkeep on cleaning the ride vehicles and stopping them to to spray down the uh, the peroxide solution and uh, just just keeping us safe during this whole thing and I hope that doesn't go away to uh to avoid the cleanliness after covid is seemingly over i yeah i totally agree i would very much like to see a lot of these practices um even if they're not quite as like stringent like for them to be used so you know constant cleaning of the tables um more hand sanitizer around the park like that's not hurting anybody no god um and then you know just you see all these you know whether they're cast members team members anything at any of these parks you see these people out there cleaning these surfaces that are constantly being touched and i just for one think that those kind of things should stay 100 percent. and one of the things that that you never would have seen before and you know when you go to the mall when you're younger and your mom was like don't touch the escalator handle it's gross yeah like you go to city walk and you know like the the people mover floor things yeah i forget what they're called the moving sidewalks yes the moving sidewalks and they have those same those black rubber escalator handle thingies and i still don't touch them but there's somebody there that's constantly spraying and wiping those down as it's moving. And that's right. really nice to see too. Just right. little things like that is really great. 
Yeah. I mean, even something as simple as like it used to be when you went to a theme park and you got food that you'd be like, where can I throw my food down and immediately eat it? And maybe I forgot to wash my hands yeah, as much right. as I hate to say that, oh, like yeah. where now I, I will literally go wash my hands, come back to the table and then, then, use, and then use hand sanitizer. <laughs> but honestly, like I, I usually try to be really good about that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to lie. I'm sure that there are times that I like was so hungry oh. that I was like, or, you know, you're so hungry. And then you're like, Hey, we have a fast pass to get to in 10 minutes. Yeah. Eat your burger now. Oh, I'm a hundred percent guilty of, of being unsanitary. <laughs> I deal with a lot of cash at work and I'll be honest with you. There wasn't always a time where I would wash my hands before I'd touch my face or, or eat something after handling cash. Like, but now I'm so wary of everything that, you know, I'm constantly, I just, my hands feel gross, even though they're not. It's right. just like a mental thing almost. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's why we do things like we still wipe down like our groceries yeah, and stuff because sure. you want to be able to like grab your groceries and not be like, I hope oh, that no, stops at some point. I mean, yes, <laughs> but I also don't mind wiping down groceries. Yeah, after it's other. Kind of a pain. Well, you know, safety. But we are excited that, you know, the parks have done so many things to honestly make it feel like one of the safest places that you can be. Because we have a lot of people that come visit. We'll see people um, on our social media. We'll see people in Facebook groups and stuff. And everyone usually says, I feel the safest. I feel safer at Disney or like at Universal or SeaWorld than I do in my own hometown. Sure. And I think that I would that, agree with that. I think that is a testament to how, what they're doing. And luckily, since we live here, I feel like a lot of people have gotten into the habit of almost being like at a Disney standard. Mm -hmm. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands. Like social distance. And for the most part, luckily, we, we live in a place where it's just becoming common practice. And unfortunately, it's not like that anywhere so, or, or everywhere. So I'm excited that, uh, you know, we have a place that we feel safe and healthy. So there's one more thing on our list, a positive to take away from 2020. And it doesn't have anything to do with the actual theme parks. We're just really excited that we were able to start a couple of park hoppers. Woohoo! We did in, it! In March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> right before everything shut down. Can you believe we haven't even been doing this a full year? It's so crazy to me that you and I were talking about this long before we started. Yes, it. yes, yes. We were started we were talking about it back like the August or September before that. This was back when we right lived when we in Massachusetts. Here. We had been t discussing yeah. a possibility of something like this. Right. And then even more so when we got here and we were finally here and we weren't talking about it anymore. And finally, we, you know, in February we really started to we came up with the logo and we had our our uh, all of our stuff built, and we started building the website and all that stuff. And then we launched the A Couple of Park Hoppers podcast in March. And then <laughs> everything just <laughs> shut down on us. It wasn't our fault. But <laughs> with the, the support of you amazing fellow park hoppers out there and you guys following us on all of our social medias, we've got such a great following on Facebook and Instagram. TikTok has completely blown up, which is amazing. We're almost at 10,000 followers now. I know, crazy. Um, it's just, it's so great to interact with you guys and, you know, interact with you guys on our live videos. And we read every single comment everybody leaves. We read every single comment on any, any social media platform, any message sent through our website, everything. We read everything. There's not a single comment that gets by us without us 
talking to each other about it or one of us commenting back to you. We love you guys. We love you guys. We love the support. We greatly appreciate it. And we are so happy that we were able to get this off the ground in 2020. And we really, really look forward to 2021 to see where we can take a couple of Park Hoppers brand. Really excited. Cannot wait. And as our last episode of the year, again, we want to say thank you for following us with every step of our journey. Um, We are so excited for what the future holds. And if you're listening, have a safe and happy new year. And we cannot wait to see you guys in 2021. Thanks for an amazing first 10 months of a couple of park hoppers. And here's to many, many more. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now the Amazon Music app. Also, be sure to follow at Park Hoppers Show on Instagram, Twitter, like a couple of Park Hoppers on Facebook, and join the almost 10,000 people following us on TikTok. Again, keep an eye out on all of our social media platforms for all things theme park news. For easy access to all of our content and to visit our merchandise store, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you around, around the parks. parks.